1: Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Good morning, Diary. Diary. It's time to wake up. <laughs> it's 5, and we're live. Is this thing on? I don't care. I want him to hear. This is the pregame show. Your early morning shot of sports on 95.7 The Game. Come on.
2: Yes, sir. Is that good enough for you, 5.0, at the Comcast Business Text Line, who texted in yesterday saying that the yes, sir, in yesterday's show was just decent? Not very good. Is that good enough for you? Was that even the right area code? But just know that when I was saying yes, sir, in that moment, I was taking your criticism from yesterday and carrying it over into this Wednesday morning show. Good morning, everyone. Hope you're having a terrific Wednesday morning. We got a lot to get to in the show today. Coming up at 5.15, uh, we got the doghouse. Jimmy Garoppolo, what is his trade value? Because we got... Two different NFL insiders. We got one in Benjamin Albright and we got one in Trey Wingo who are saying two totally different things about Jimmy Garoppolo and whether he can get traded, the amount that he could get traded for, whether teams are still looking for guys like Jimmy Garoppolo. All of that. So we're going to play a little game of, are you with this person or that person? So that's coming up later on in the show. Uh, plus some updates from Bob Myers talking about James Wiseman, when he'll be back. We also got the Warriors and the Celtics tonight. So again, the doghouse coming up at 5.15. Just to recap a little bit of what went on last night. Well, the Nets beat the Magic 150-108. to 108. Kyrie Irving had 41 points in the first half, 60 points in total, the highest in franchise history. And I think that with Kyrie, whenever we're talking about the vaccination stuff and his little battle with the New York City mayor, on vaccination and whether unvaccinated should be in the arena there's a lot of there's a lot of hypocrisy going on uh, for for what's going on with the with the Brooklyn Nets between both Kyrie Irving and the mayor it's very confusing what's going on but we do forget that when it comes to the the flat earth stuff the not being vaccinated storyline we always forget that Kyrie Irving's a damn good basketball player my God, that dude is lethal. I know that it is against the Magic and the Magic are not a good team. They're eighteen and fifty two on the year. <laughs> eighteen and fifty two. Not very good. But Kyrie, when he gets going, man, we always talk about you know Steph and uh and, and Giannis. Whenever, I mean, Jokic and Bede, whenever these guys are in the zone, they're just as much fun to watch as anybody in the NBA. But man, Kyrie Irving is right up there. He's one of the best ball handlers that we've ever seen in the NBA. He can do everything, really, except dunk, because he's not going to dunk. There's no need to. But his work around the rim, his three-point shooting, all of it, Kyrie Irving is a he's a damn good basketball player when he's on the court. 60 points on 31 shots, 8 of 12 from three-point land, 12 of 13 from the free throw line. He also tacked on 6 rebounds and 4 assists in that game. So the Nets ended up winning 150 to 108. The Grizzlies handled the Pacers 135 to 102 even though The Grizzlies were without Ja Morant. It was due to a back injury. I don't know if that's going to linger on or if that was just him needing a break because they're playing the Indiana Pacers, who are not very good, who traded away a majority of their team. They got Tyrese Halliburton in return but that is not going to change a lot of things because they cha- they traded their all-star, DeMontis Sabonis. So the Pacers, not a very good team, and they end up losing by 33 to the Grizzlies. Then you got the Heat beating the P- Pistons 105-98. Then the Suns continuing on in that one seed, beating the Pelicans 131-115. to So that was in the world of basketball and in the world of hockey. Last night... We ended up going to the Sharks game, and it was the return of Joe Thornton. Now, I've seen Joe Thornton play against the Sharks, and I was confused. I thought he'd been back to SAP Center, but I guess not. And he'd been playing at the time when it was the HP Pavilion, but I guess he hadn't made his return. So now he's with the Florida Panthers, who are the best team in the Eastern Conference right now. Uh, they're leading by a couple of points, so they're not necessarily like I don't know they're not exactly the Phoenix Suns uh, of the NHL. They're, they're, you know there's a little there's a small margin between first and second place, but man, that was a good team, but it was pretty emotional seeing Joe Thornton again. Seeing the crowd, the way that they reacted, uh, the minimal amount of crowd, there's not a lot of fans that go to Sharks games right now, um, and that's understandable, but, man, when he was introduced... There, there's there's a couple of games that I've been to here where guys have made their return. I went to the opening home game of the season and when Drew Remenda was up in the press box, Drew Remenda who was of course the analyst alongside Randy Hahn for a very for a very long time when the Sharks were winning game after game after game in the regular season and then and then would eventually make it uh, to the uh, Stanley Cup finals. But that was what I thought would be the biggest cheer I'd hear this season until the return of Joe Thornton and that was something to behold. It's uh, it's it's special, man, the the bond between players and fans. There's nothing else like it. There's nothing else like it. Even though you don't know each other, you feel like you've watched some of these guys uh grow into who they are and then when they leave their team and then come back, it, it brings you back, man, and it kind of it makes you wish, damn. I wish he was still with the Sharks. From the... Uh, where was it here? From the... From the 707. Oh, it was Joe from Petaluma who was calling out the yes, sir, this morning. Okay, I got you. The 408. As long as the voice doesn't crack. <laughs> yeah, that's happened a few times. We all know that's happened a few times if you've been up this early in the morning. Curtin Napa... I cannot stand Kyrie Irving. He shouldn't be allowed to play in the NBA at all this year, and a little weasel would have little accolades without LeBron. From the 5-1-0, I can't stand Kyrie. He's the ultimate drama queen, but the dude's game is... Ah, the, uh, the text hasn't finished there, 5-1-0. I apologize. I'm sure it's going to get in eventually. Uh, Yeah, Kyrie, you know? He, you, you see his personality, you see some of the things that he does, and it can rub you the wrong way. But then when you see him on the court and see what he can do, damn, that is one talented basketball player. I don't care what team it is. If you're scoring 60 points on 31 shots, you're pretty damn good. You're very good. But nevertheless, I want to talk about the Golden State Warriors for just a second. Now yesterday, at about this time, we were talking about Draymond Green and his return to the Warriors, and I actually... Just saw a stat. Let me pull this one up before I get to what I want to mention here because I want to follow up on the press conference because we got an answer yesterday to the question uh, that we were asking about Draymond and the introduction to his press conference after the game yesterday. But real quick, I just want to read uh, read these stats here. And these are Stephs in Draymond's return in that last game against the Wizards. Without Draymond, this is Steph on the court, Without Draymond, 20 minutes, he only had 6 points, 3 of 9 from the field. With Draymond on the court, in his 15 minutes, well you can do the math, he scored 47 points total, with Draymond on the court, 41 points, 13 of 16 from the field, 8 of 8 from the free throw line. 41 points. In Draymond's fifteen minutes on the floor. Forty one. If Draymond I mean, if you're if you want to talk about, you know, the issues with turnovers and, and and all these things that you know Draymond can add to when he gets back, we were asking, oh, what can Draymond really do to fix this team? Well it's Steph. He's just Steph's just a different player when Draymond's on the floor. Can you imagine what those numbers are going to look like when Draymond's actually playing normal minutes? He only had 20 minutes in that game. 20 minutes! (laughs) That's crazy. That's crazy. And in the 15 minutes that Steph and Draymond played together, Steph had 41 points on 13 of 16 shooting. They are just a better team with Draymond on the floor. That might have been a product of playing the Washington Wizards, who aren't good at all. They were 11th in the Eastern Conference. That's fine. And tonight, you got the game against the Celtics. But you cannot deny how good and how valuable Draymond is to this team. Those stats speak for themselves. But we do have a follow-up here because... Yesterday, and I'm not going to play the full clip for you because it lasted about a minute and 20 seconds. I just want to play a quick uh, 17 seconds of it. Uh, But this is Draymond Green yesterday prior to his press conference saying that he's not going to answer any questions. We play, you write,
1: you speak, and it grows the game. And due to that, you know, because of that, we are all one. I don't know if people understand that or not. But my job don't work without y'all and y'all job don't work without mine. Uh, that's just how this goes. When we were shut
2: down, we all were shut down. So he goes on this minute long I wanted to call it a prologue yesterday cuz really it was prior to the uh prior to the actual presser. This is what Draymond opened with, but he talked about integrity, how important it is, the relationship between journalist and player, journalist and athlete, and him being in the media opened his eyes to it. So, I was simply asking the question yesterday, and Dub from Vallejo uh, called me out on the Comcast business text line at triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. He said, what you're doing right now is what Draymond's talking about. I'm like, no, he seems to be talking about something very specific here. I don't think he's talking about a random 5 a.m. host who's wondering what he's talking about. But we ended up getting an answer yesterday, and it goes back to this article that Anthony Slater, you know him, you love him, 95 7 Warriors insider, wrote in The Athletic, and he wrote this on March 7th, uh, around the time of that Laker game. Quote He showed up on the second stop in Dallas, got in a high intensity workout and in scrimmage, coached them up on the bench against the Mavericks, but then shifted into birthday mode. He spent Friday in Los Angeles celebrating his 32nd birthday, didn't show up for the Lakers game Saturday. Steve Kerr said Green was sick when asked about Green's absence on Saturday. Instagram can tell you how Green's Friday night went. So I personally didn't make much of that when I read it, because I remember reading the article at the time. And I said, yeah, it's Draymond's birthday. Draymond's birthday right now. (laughs) Like, of course, uh, of course, fine. I don't care. I don't care if he misses a game. I mean, if he's scrimmaging with the team and traveling with the team, I'm not questioning his dedication at all. So it didn't really, for me, when I read that, I didn't make much of it, and I don't think the fan base really made much of it either. I think we all understood. I mean, everyone. I mean, even no matter what, I don't care if you're. I don't care if you're a 5 a.m. radio host. I don't care if you work in construction. I don't care if you are a garbage person. I don't care about any of that. People deserve to live their personal lives, and if it's your birthday, then you deserve to take your birthday off. I didn't. I didn't care. And and I guess you know Draymond that rubbed him the wrong way, and uh, you know Anthony Slater's article. He did not like him writing that, putting that out in the open. Of course, that insinuates that he was out partying on Saturday night. When in reality, we don't know uh, what Draymond was doing. He could have been doing something completely different. So I understand. Now, where Draymond's coming from, even though, me personally, and I don't think the fan base reacted too much to it either in questioning his dedication to the team, but if Draymond feels that that's the type of article that's slanderous towards him, then I don't really blame him, and the way that he handled that prior to the press conference, I loved it. I loved it, because he didn't wait for someone to ask a question, he didn't pull a Kevin Durant with Ethan Strauss, And wait for Strauss to ask a question, and then subsequently go on talking about how Ethan would write something that he doesn't want him to write, and that he would, you know, that's the infamous "Who are you? Why do I got to talk to you?" speech. Whereas Draymond gives you a minute twenty about feeling how he's feeling. So I get where he's coming from there. I get where he's coming from, but I was just a, I was a little surprised by that. I was surprised. I was surprised by that. From the 925, bro. Who cares? Stay out their personal lives, LMAO. People are ridiculous. From the four one five, Draymond's a hypocrite and feeling himself a little bit too much right now. Kurt and Napa, I wonder how much of a star Steph Curry would have turned in to, er, turned into on a team without Draymond and Clay. Well, Kurt, I feel like if he was on it, well, we'll never know that hypothetical. That's number one, and, and number two, he would have been in a totally different situation. These numbers here, it's not just because. Steph and Draymond are playing together. Again, in the 20 minutes when Draymond was off the court while Steph was on, Steph only had 6 points. 3 of 9 shooting. Then he scored 41 in the 15 minutes that Draymond was on the court with him. I think that's just a product of Steph and Draymond playing for that long. For being teammates for 10 years. And we can get to... Bob Myers and what he had to say yesterday on the morning roast and how much of a rarity it is for Steph, Clay, and Dre to be playing together. I think my question is, man, if if Draymond were playing this entire time, if he didn't get hurt, if he did not get hurt, would Steph still be in the MVP conversation? That's really what I'm getting at here. That's what I gathered from it because with with Draymond being off the court, Steph's numbers started to slump, the struggles started to come around. I think that was because Draymond wasn't playing and that's who he's used to uh, that's his that's the primary guy that he's getting the ball from. So now that he's back, I just can't imagine what those numbers could look like when Draymond's on the floor on the floor for 32, 35, 37 minutes a night. Just unreal, those numbers. All right, That's the Comcast business text line and the phone number. Coming up next, the doghouse. Who is in your doghouse for this week? It could be someone from your life. It could be someone from sports. It could be someone from pop culture. Whoever it is, I personally got Instagram chefs in my doghouse. I'll explain why on the other side. Again, 888-957-9570. Steven Lackford on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game.
1: Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game.
2: Here's Stephen Langford. We got the doghouse coming up. 888-957-9570. That's the Comcast business text line and the phone number. Who is in your doghouse? The doghouse, in case you don't know, well, I never really knew what it meant, but Kyle Shanahan, according to us, the fan base the media, we all said that Brandon Ayuk is in Kyle Shanahan's doghouse. Kyle Shanahan's not going to be playing Brandon Ayuk. So I felt, you know what? Why don't we have a doghouse? Why couldn't we have a doghouse? So we got one, the doghouse. That's coming up, but this doesn't happen often on the pregame show, but ladies and gentlemen, we got some breaking news.
1: 95.7 The Game Breaking News Brought to you by BetQL Become a better sports Better Get smarter to beat the books. Download the BetQL app or visit BetQL.com today.
2: This is a big one, and I apologize, A's fans, for what I'm about to reveal here. But this is from Carlos Bayerga of Fa- Fan Sportsnet 5- 590, the fan in Canada, The Blue Jays are finalizing a trade for two-time Platinum Glove winning third baseman Matt Chapman. Now John Marossi of the MLB Network followed it up. In the Matt Chapman trade, I'm told, the Blue Jays are not giving up players from their projected opening day roster. That is expected, given the Athletics' preference to acquire prospect talent in return. So Matt Chapman, now with the Toronto Blue Jays. Along with Vladimir Guerrero, Bo Bichette, Marcus Simeon. Wow. What a trade. And let me just double check with Marcus Simeon. I want to make sure I wanna I wanna double check that he's still with the blue Jays because I uh, you know I'm not hundred percent sure. Alright. Oh, wait, yeah, he's with the Rangers. See, this is what the lockout did. It made you forget that all these guys went to different teams. Marcus Simmons with the Rangers now. Good Lord, but still, Bo Bichette, Cavan Biggio, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Teoscar Hernandez, Lourdes Gurriel Jr., George Springer, Randall Grichuk. They got a really good team over there in Toronto. And now Matt Chapman officially with the Toronto Blue Jays. We saw Matt Olson get traded For four prospects, and Ace fans, I know you're sad about the Matt Olsen trade, but those four prospects that you got can be very, very good. And this is what was expected. Chris Bassett traded to the New York Mets earlier for a couple of pitchers, and now Matt Chapman. We await to see who he's going to be traded for. And John Morosi just has to follow it up, saying the last time Toronto acquired a third baseman from Oakland, he won American League MVP the very next season. And we don't want to talk about the MVP that ended up going to Colorado, the future MVP, Carlos Gonzalez. But there we go. Another trade for the Oakland Athletics. Wow. Matt Chapman to the Toronto Blue Jays. That's crazy. Uh, It's expected, though, right? Ace fans, you expected this. You knew this was going to happen. And, and Matt Chapman, I mean, personally, if, you were to, if we were to have that conversation of which Matt would you rather have, Chapman or Olsen, then I would have chose Olsen. Because Olsen with the bat, I know he's not as consistent with the average, but that dude's going to give you power no matter what. And then he's proven last season, not in 2020, the pandemic year with the 60-game season. No, not that year. But last year... This dude can hit up in the 300s consistently. Can be a 280 to 300 hitter. And he's one of the best, if not the best, defensive first baseman in the league. So if you would have told me, hey, you get to keep one Matt," I would have said you can keep Olsen and then you can trade Chapman just because of his inconsistency at the plate. I know he's also the best defensive third baseman in the game, but I'd be willing to sacrifice that. So Matt Chapman is now on the Toronto Blue Jays. The Oakland A's are in a full rebuild. At least they're at least they're doing it. You know, you don't want to be in a you don't want a team that's in a half ass rebuild. That's the worst. You don't want to be in a situation like the Seattle Seahawks, who appear to be in win now mode, who should be in win now mode, yet they're in half ass rebuild mode. Unless they get, you know, someone else added to their team, unless they trade for Deshaun Watson or whoever it is, then fine, I get it. But it seems like they're just half assing it right now. From the five one oh just moved to Las Vegas already for crying out loud. From Curtin Napa, Bat Olsen and Matt Chapman, I will give owner I will give A's ownership one thing. They are consistent. But I I think that the A's, they've done this year after year. And there are some trades that you could look to, like that Josh Donaldson trade. John Morosi followed that up, talking about the Donaldson trade. And what did you get in return for that? You got, I think you got Kendall Graveman, Brett Lowry, who was terrible at third, Franklin Barreto, who everyone had high expectations for, but he was no good when he made it to the bigs. Then you had Kendall Graveman come along in that trade. Kendall Graveman was the most successful A's player until you know he'd get to the middle of the season, then he kind of fall off. But this is what happens. You got to see what they get in return for him. You do before you make any judgments here because they are trying to build a new stadium, build a new team, find a new regime, and just do a complete sweep. Personally, if I was an A's fan, the one loss that I'd be most stunned about is losing Bob Melvin. Bob Melvin was a fantastic manager, in my opinion. I know that a lot of you didn't like the Moves that he'd make with his starting pitchers and who he'd have, who he'd have start the playoff games and and whatnot. But in the end, he was a very good manager and he kept that culture within the A's locker room. Even though he knew that the owners and the GM really weren't doing much to help their team, Bob Melvin was making, uh, you know, w- was making do with what he had. So you got Mark Kotze as your manager. And now you're going to have a whole new roster. A whole new roster from the nine two five. The A's are a joke, man. Straight farm team for the whole show. Whew. We also had Anthony Rizzo sign with the Yankees yesterday, or re-sign with the Yankees. He was traded over there last year, and then he just signed a new deal. Um, now it's looking more and more like Freddie Freeman uh, with that Anthony Rizzo deal is most likely coming to the National League West. I don't know if that's going to be with L.A. I don't know if that's going to be uh, with San Diego, but it's looking more and more like that. But the latest is Matt Chapman traded from the Oakland A's over to the Toronto Blue Jays. Matt Chapman, I, besides, I mean, I don't know. It, it's a toss-up between him and Olson as to who was the fan favorite, but just from my judgment it feels like Matt Chapman was a fan favorite just as much as any of them, and now the new fan favorite is Ramon Laureano, who's actually always that he's always been one of my favorite A's players. But Matt Chapman being traded, it's just it just sucks. It just sucks, and you don't even know uh, what's going to happen with Ramon Laureano. Maybe he's the next. Uh, maybe he's the next one to fall here. But you know what? This is what happens. A's fans are used to this. Whatever they're getting in return, you can get some good prospects there. I know A's fans are tired of prospects, 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 but after all, you had two straight 97-win seasons with these teams, and there was nothing to show for it. So Sean Benaya, Frankie Montas, those starting pitchers, they're also due, they've been reported uh, to have possibly been traded as well. They're doing a reshuffling. They're doing a reshuffling. From the 925, Melvin knew this was coming and got out. Exactly. From the 925, I'm done with the A's and trying to justify the constant dismantling of great teams from the 415. A's doing this due to revenue sharing in MLB. And there's so much that has to go along with that. Just an odd situation. An odd situation, but it's hard. It's hard to be an A's fan. It really is. Just hard to be an Oakland sports fan in general, really. Alright, you know what? Couldn't get to the doghouse this segment. We'll get to it next. I'm sorry, Anthony, who's on 880 right now, who is on hold, who has someone in his doghouse. We're going to get to that next. Then we'll also get to Jimmy Garoppolo, because a couple of NFL insiders, slash analysts, Benjamin, Benjamin Albright and Trey Wingo had opposing opinions uh, when it came to Jimmy Garoppolo, and the compensation that the 49ers could get in a trade, whether it was too late for them to trade him, whatever it is, we're going to get to all that next. Stephen Langford in on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game.
1: Now back to the pregame show on 95 7 The Game.
2: Here's Stephen Langford. Wow. So we broke the news in the last segment, and really we didn't break the news, but the news had been broken that Matt Chapman, Oakland A's third baseman, a fan favorite has been traded to the Toronto Blue Jays. We have yet to see what they have made in return, but according to John Morosi of the MLB Network, the Blue Jays are not giving up any players from their projected opening day roster. So what that means is you are getting some prospects in return, as you did with Matt Olson, as you did with Chris Bassett, and as you're going to get, when more of these players start to go, like that's the sad reality of it all, is this should be expected. This should be expected. Don't expect Sean Maniah and Frankie Montas to be on the A's roster for too much longer. I thought I thought Sean Maniah was going to be the next one to go, to be honest. I thought Sean it's just simply, hey, we'll give you our 10th and 12th ranked prospect and you give us Sean Maniah. Okay, fine, let's do that deal. We need, a, we, need, we need a lefty, off-speed type of guy who doesn't throw too hard to offset what we're giving you with our starting three or starting four pitchers. He could be our fourth or fifth guy. That's what I thought was going to happen. Frankie Montas most likely is going to be on the move, too. I wonder what's going to happen with Ramon Laureano. He's a popular trade target. I think you're going to get a lot for him. So, I know it stings... But this is just the reality of what's going to happen here. They are going in a full rebuild mode as they are looking to build an entirely new stadium. They build a new roster, build a new stadium, and then they go from there. Because whatever was happening in the Coliseum lot in Oakland, it wasn't working. It wasn't working. So there you go. Matt Chapman traded to the Toronto Blue Jays. Just a big piece of news coming out here at 5:30 West Coast time from the 925. This is probably why Kyler Murray left and went the NFL route. No, Kyler Murray left because he's just going to play in the NFL as soon as he gets into the league and is drafted. And he's going to get paid handsomely as soon as he gets drafted number 1 overall. As a for, as a first-round pick for the A's, he'd have to spend a few years down in the minors. He'd have to be playing the, well, I guess for using a Giants example, he'd be playing the Joey Bart type of route, where we heard about Joey Bart back in 2018, and we really haven't heard much about him since he had to come up in the, during that pandemic season when Buster Posey optioned to not play. Like so, that's where, that's why Kyler Murray came to the uh, came to the NFL. Maybe it's also because it had it, it's due to the A's. But hey, he looks good in the green and gold from the 559, five, 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 Excuse me. Now my heart is really broken. This is what the A's do. What's so different? A new field? Forget it. I honestly believe I won't be going to any A's games this season. That's Tina and Santa Clara. From the 510, this is an interesting question. Well, not really, but this is something that I'm always asked. Hey, nice guy, with you being a Raider fan, are you also an A's fan? Not necessarily. This is from Oreo Cookie. I am more of just a Bay Area fan in general. I'd say my fandom is more skewed towards the Raiders and the Giants just because growing up, when I went to my first Raider game, there was nothing like it. And, and, and you know, at the time, starting to become a football fan, that's when the 49ers weren't very good, the Raiders were, so it was a lot of fun to go to those games in the early 2000s, so I became a Raider fan from there, and then with the Giants, I looked at Barry Bonds as some sort of mythical legend, but at the same time, I was still an A's type of guy you know like an A's fan so really the fandom goes both ways although I skew more towards the the Raiders and the Giants side been going to games all over really my whole life so I don't don't know I'm not going to say I'm you know one or the other but I am used to what's going on here within Oakland, Oakland sports and seeing what's happening with the A's this is nothing new and should not be surprising to anybody all right The Comcast business Tax line is 888-957-9570. That is also the phone number. This is the doghouse. It ain't no fun being in the doghouse. It also ain't no fun if the homies can't have none. Oh, that was terrible. (laughs) If you turned off your radio after that, I don't blame you. But who is in your doghouse for this week? Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. Again, Comcast Business Text Line and the phone number. I have a few written down here. And, of course, we are getting some from the 925. John Fisher definitely in the doghouse. I will continue that text on the other side. But we do have Anthony in 880 who's been patiently waiting on hold. Who wants to weigh in on the doghouse. Anthony, who is in your doghouse from this week?
4: Morning, Stephen. So, who's in my doghouse? Are uh, or the the mayor for the mayor of New York with the the hypocrisy behind the uh, Kyler Irving situation? Mm -hmm. The fact that he can sit on the bench and you know be unvaccinated. And honestly, everybody that has an opinion about it, we have to really get back to nobody's medical business is anybody else's business and his vaccination status is only our business because he's famous but there are plenty of other unvaccinated athletes that you know we just don't know about and we shouldn't use this against him you know to like him or dislike him or what not the bottom line is he plays professional basketball and if he can sit on the bench um, we, 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 we have to realize that there's a problem with that and instead of having our personal feelings about him we have to understand that you know it never was anybody's business. My vaccination status isn't your business and yours isn't mine. I can't use your vaccination status against you to like you or dislike you because it's a personal choice and we need to get back to that. And I just think it's an it's un it's unfair and unfortunate that we are so far, you know, in this situation to where that, you know, we think that other people's medical business is ours. Like, if you had an STD or anything like that, it would not be anybody's business. It's yours and yours alone. So, you know, we need to fall back off of judging people off of whether they want to get the shot or not and just protect yourself. But the mayor of New York is definitely in my doghouse for that and everybody else that has that has an opinion about it just because his choice doesn't drive with there. It's not okay
2: appreciate the phone call, Anthony. I just want them to remain, remain consistent. If you don't want him playing in a game because he's unvaccinated, fine. But don't let him sit on the bench either. Like, be consistent with it. It's so... The inconsistency with everything. I think that's what's, what's gotten me with that whole situation. So... I understand where everything's coming from, though. I understand that. All right, let's continue here at the Comcast Business Text Line at 888-957-9570 from the 925. John Fisher definitely in the doghouse. I would <laughs> I would punch that invisible owner in the face if I could. Problem is, I wouldn't be able to pick him out in a lineup rooted in Oakland. I gave my season tickets up. I won't spend another dime on this team with him as the owner. Man, it's really hard to read this text. It's a lot. All I see is, thanks for the morning drive, Steve, at the end of it. It's a a, a continuation here on the text slide. It's really, it's it's kind of tough to read. So I wish I could read that entire thing. But uh, John Fisher in that person's doghouse. Oreo cookie. Again, John Fisher in my doghouse. New Year, same old, pours me routine. He can go outside and suffer. SMH from E from the 408 on the San Mateo Bridge. I put myself in the doghouse. My son just started T-ball. He's on the A's. Diehard Giants fan here, and it paid me to put that jersey on, as I am one of his coaches. It's okay, E. Come on, you you can. It doesn't matter. It's a, it's a T-ball team. Even if it's not your favorite team, it's okay. It's just T-ball. <laughs> it's just T-ball. It's fine. You're alrighty. You're alright. You know who's in my doghouse though? Alright, I got a couple. I got one from baseball and one from football. But first off, these Instagram chefs. I don't know about you, but lately I've been into like a lot of Instagram. A lot of what I look at now is food. I like the food pages on there. It's cathartic for me to watch the new Technology when it comes to food. But these chefs that do these quick... Like, a lot of them, they're they're trying to teach you what to do. You know, they got some narration over it. They're like, put some garlic powder, put some onion powder, put some paprika, put some of this, put some of this, mix it all up, put it in a pan, blah, blah, blah. They do all of that. They teach you. But there are some of those Instagram chefs where these dudes are chiseled out of granite. Right? They look like they just got done... With a six hour workout at the gym. And they're making like a steak sandwich. They take one bite of it. And then the video's over. I'm like, for one, you did not teach me anything about how to make that steak sandwich. Because each little clip, you just cut, 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 boom, 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 boom. Don't know how to make that. And then I just watch you take a bite of it. And seeing how you're built, I do not believe for one second that you ate that entire sandwich. You threw that sandwich away. You made it for the clout. So, Instagram chefs that do that, you're in my doghouse. Am I petty? <laughs> Am I petty? Is that bad? I don't think so. I don't think so. Instagram chefs, doghouse. Uh, but actually, in the world of sports, though, Fernando Tatis Jr., he's out for three months with the wrist injury. Reportedly, it is a motorcycle accident. And I feel terrible for him, it stinks. But dude, he's the face of baseball. The dude's the face of baseball. That's what he is. He's more than just a star. He's more than just a guy who pimps home runs. He is the up-and-coming face of baseball, along with Shohei Otani. One in the National League, one in the American League. That's how baseball wants it. And Shohei Otani's right there. But Fernando Tatis is right there, too. Fernando Tatis, on the cover of MLB The Show, gets paid a 13-year deal worth $346 million. And he decides that when the lockout's over, or during the lockout, he's going to go on a trip with a motorcycle? Like, I understand it. You you can live your life if you want, but you got to be responsible. Especially when you have that much... I, I know he's young. I understand all that. But when baseball is trying to get back in the good graces of the fans and you are one of the faces of it, you can't be doing stuff like that. So Fernando Tatis Jr., it's unfortunate that he has that injury, but he is in my doghouse for this week. Next up, Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield wrote this letter last night. You know how athletes do it. When they find out that they're traded, that they're leaving another team, they'll give you... I don't know, a lengthy Instagram post. They'll tump, they'll type something out in their notes app on their phone, and then they'll post it on their Instagram in multiple pages, and people are enthralled by it. For example, when Aaron Rodgers made that Instagram post where he posted, like, six different photos... Excuse me, voice is going out there. Where he posted six different photos of his teammates, coaches... I think he had one with his ex-girlfriend in there. Then writes this entire caption, like an essay, hashtag Monday Night Gratitude, where he's just thanking everybody. So we all assume that he's going to go on to the Pat McAfee show on the Tuesday morning and announce that he's retiring. Well, we were totally wrong on that. Baker Mayfield wrote this letter thanking Cleveland, a goodbye letter, Even though he hasn't been traded yet. Even though he hasn't been traded. Like, what? What are you doing, Baker? I'm not going to read the entire thing, but... Really, he captions it, Just in case. Just in case. What do? you... What? I mean, just because the Browns are meeting with Deshaun Watson, he just says, well, just in case, I want to thank all of Cleveland... Wait till after you're traded to do that. You don't need to do that right now. Baker Mayfield, you're in my doghouse. Uh, The last one in my doghouse here is Jordan Schultz, the reporter yesterday. who reported that the 49ers are speaking with Deshaun Watson and then... It started with Matt Mayoko, of course, 49ers insider for NBC Sports Bay Area. And then it trickled down to everyone nationally. Peter Schrager of the NFL Network. Albert Breer of Monday Morning Quarterback from Sports Illustrated. All of them saying, no, they have not spoken with Deshaun Watson. And then Jordan Schultz doubles down and says, well, this is what I'm hearing. This is what I'm hearing. Clearly, it didn't happen. Whoever the sources were. We're not sources that you should trust and put out on Twitter. And they were wrong about the report. Why would the 49ers have any interest in that? And that's what's going to lead me to this next topic. That's it for the doghouse for this week. Uh, we got from the four, uh, from the 408. Good Lord, we got a, we got a lot here. Um, Gruden is in my doghouse because we'll never get your impression of him. Plus... Willard's Bruce Poche doing a show together? It's not going to happen, 408. Nope, no longer. That impression is retired. I only do impressions of people that actually deserve it. It's not making fun of them. It's celebrating them. I do not want to celebrate that, man. From the 510, The Warriors front offices are in my doghouse for not going after a big man. I watched those G League games. Wiseman's still like he's a long way away from being an impactful player in the NBA. Uh, that's from the 510, well, I don't know about that. I don't know. I don't know if you could judge three pre uh, for G, three G League games. And I don't know if you could judge that going into the season, thinking, yeah, that's that's what James Wiseman's going to look like. And you think about it. It's his third game back. I mean, really, however many games he had last season, took a bunch of time off with that meniscus tear, and then he comes back. Who cares about the stats? Who cares about the mistakes? Just the fact that he's out there and he's running the floor and doing it without limping, I'm just happy for that. So I, I'd say, I'd say, just hold your horses on judging whether Wiseman is ready for the NBA or not. Because when I went to that game on Sunday, Chris Giosa and Quindary Witherspoon were dominating these dudes from the G League Ignite. The guy on the G League Ignite too, he was the uh, the top prospect coming out of China. His last name is Zhang. I need his first name. Dude on the G League Ignite. But uh, you're going to hear this take only here on 95.7 The Game at 5.53 in the morning. 5.54 in the morning on a Wednesday, March 16th. But Zhang from the G League Ignite. Let me, let, me, let me make sure to get his first name. He was, he was one of those guys. Fonbo Zhang. He was a beast. He was a stud in that game. But James Wiseman impressed me, so I'd hold your horses on that. But I opened the show with this, and I'm going to read it one more time before I get to these comments regarding uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. But the numbers with Draymond on the floor in that game against the Wizards compared to him off of it, and I'm talking about Steph's numbers here, in Steph's 20 minutes without Draymond on the floor, 6 points, 3 of 9 shooting, Did not get a single free throw attempt. So that's with 20 minutes, Draymond not on the floor, same time as Steph. In their 15 minutes together, Steph had, you could do the math, 41 points, 13 of 16 from the field, 8 of 8 from the free throw line, 41 points in 15 minutes. So even if the Warriors didn't make a move at the trade deadline, they were inactive and make a move meaning trade away possibly JTA or Nemanja Bialica or Damian Lee in order to get some cash consideration and to take their money off the book so you can possibly sign someone at the buyout. I still think that they uh, should have done that. But now that Draymond's back, we're going to see it tonight against the Celtics. Whew. Those numbers, though, the numbers don't lie. The numbers do not lie lie. And a lot of A's fans have John Fisher in their doghouse because of that Matt Chapman trade. And in case you're just getting into your car at 5.55 and you're turning on 95.7 the game and you're an A's fan, Matt Chapman has been traded to the Toronto Blue Jays. We still have yet to see what they got in return from Toronto. But it is not a player on their opening day roster, according to John Morosi. But real quick, before we end the show here, I just wanted to play a couple of clips. Because I think with Jimmy Garoppolo, you know where I'm at? I don't think anybody knows what's going to happen with him. I don't think anybody knows. Because Trey Wingo joined Damon and Ratto on Monday. Trey Wingo, formerly of ESPN's NFL Live he does a bunch of betting stuff with uh, Caesars Palace, if I'm not mistaken. Here is Trey Wingo, or Caesars Sportsbook. Here's Trey Wingo when he was asked if the 49ers have waited too long to trade Jimmy.
4: No, because Indianapolis still doesn't have a quarterback, right? And and if you're if you're looking at how Jimmy G won in San Francisco, and you're looking at how how Indianapolis is set up to win, you know, great defense, strong running game. Great offensive line. That sounds very familiar to how San Francisco has manufactured a lot of wins with Jimmy G. So maybe not, uh, but I I do think that that, to me anyway, that's the most logical landing point for Jimmy Garoppolo.
2: So Trey Wingo says, no, it's not too late. Indianapolis is still a destination for him. And that's personally what I believe. But Benjamin Albright, two days later on the morning roast, who's an NFL insider, he's also a host at KOA Colorado in Denver, this is what Benjamin Albright had to say yesterday on the Morning Roast.
4: I think they overplayed their hand. I mean, anytime you're going to see Carson Wentz, you see the Washington football team take on Carson Wentz salary and give up two draft picks to do it, multiple draft picks to do it, and not go after Jimmy Garoppolo, who's been to a, you know, who's been to a Super Bowl. I think that 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 means you've overplayed your hand because I, you know Scott Turner and and the offense over there in Washington would be just fine with Jimmy Garoppolo at the helm. Carson Wentz is a giant question mark. So, uh, you know, I, I think what they've done is they just overplayed their hand. In the end, everybody knew what was coming. They knew he was going to be available at the end of the year, and so they went out and made their plans and their contingency plans, and it it wound up that you, you you get around the circle, and he's the only one without a chair left to sit in.
2: I still think he's going to be traded. Benjamin Albright, by the way, and Trey Wingo, both very plugged in. They both know their stuff, but I still think Garoppolo is going to be traded. I just don't think it's for as high of a price as they originally thought it was going to be prior to the shoulder surgery being reported. If they were to release him, they would have done it already because the NFL has this weird rule. I don't. There, there's not an official name for this deadline. They just call it the June 1st deadline, where you can wait to cut a player or put him on the reserve slash retired list, like the Buccaneers were going to do with Tom Brady. You wait till June 1st, and then you can prorate whatever you have to pay in their release over the next two seasons. So, for example. Jimmy Garoppolo, seven million is the dead cap, right? So if they were to wait till June first, they could prorate it so they'd only pay three and a half million in dead cap over the next couple of seasons instead of the full seven million that they'd have to pay. But the thing is, you can designate it so you can release him technically, but you can also make that release not go into effect until June first. So If they were going to release him, I think they'd just do it now and just say, yeah, this is designated for the June 1st deadline so we can prorate it over the next two seasons. That leads me to believe that he's still going to be traded and they're still looking for suitors. Now, our teams willing to get him? I think if the Colts come up short here and Deshaun Watson lands in the NFC, whether it's the Seahawks or the Panthers, and the Colts need a quarterback, I mean, you can go with Marcus Mariota if you want or... You can try and trade for one and get a starter in Jimmy G. I still think it'll be traded. I just don't think it was uh I I just I just don't think it's going to be for, you know, the two second rounders or whatever's being what whatever's been reported lately. From the 510, this is ridiculous. The A should just sell the team if they aren't doing what's necessary to not only compete but to win. Well, this is the thing 510. They've had two straight 97 win seasons. And the A's have been a very good team in the regular season, but with this main core, they haven't done anything. They haven't done anything in the postseason. So I mean what do you want here? You know? They gotta they gotta build this team for the future here. For the new stadium. So I know this stings, but you just gotta take a step back and just think about it and, and say, wow. I mean, they've had this core for a while, and they haven't really been able to do anything with it. So, do you really want to give eight years, one hundred sixty-eight million to Matt Olson? Maybe, but for the rest of these players, I don't know. I don't know. But Matt Chapman to the Toronto Blue Jays—a huge trade within the American League that happened this morning. All right, thanks so much, everybody, for joining the pregame show. Bonte Hill and Joe, the Butcher Boy Shasky, are coming up next. You got me and producer Sam Lubman behind the glass. Shout-out to Anthony on 880, who is the only one to call in this morning. And as always, go sports.
1: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today